Hello and welcome to the Tune Up, the podcast from Auto Repair Focus. I'm Phil Curry, and once again joining me by I think it's FaceTime this time, isn't it, Lee Johnson? Hi, Phil. You're right. Yeah, not too bad. Good, good. Now we're recording this during Beast of the East too, so you'd imagine we're snowed up and mugs of tea on hand and all that lot. But actually, to be honest, I don't know about you. The snow's not settling outside, so not bad at all. Um, right. We are going to be talking today about the used car market. Now, this is an important one for independent garages. Uh, they need to ensure the number of used cars, a number of used cars grows. So too is the likelihood that more vehicles are going to come into the garages, into the workshops um, for work away from dealerships. Uh, but first of all, as always, let's round up the latest news from around the aftermarket industry. This one sounds like Grandstand or some other sports show that should be on a Saturday morning. In fact, I kind of miss that Saturday morning sports. Um, I suppose you've got uh, football focus, but it just doesn't really feel the same, does it? Anyway, enough reminiscing. Here's the latest aftermarket news. Thanks, Phil. Decarbonising brand TerraClean has predicted more garage partnerships as a result of the upcoming MOT test changes, specifically surrounding DPFs. New legislation coming into force from May states that any vehicle originally fitted with a DPF should be checked so that no visible smoke is emitted from the exhaust, with the car failing should any be found. The company believes that the need to service the particulate filter will grow as a result of these new MOT rules meaning garages will look to partner with suppliers who can offer help with cleaning and other related issues. Auto Repair Focus is giving six lucky subscribers to the Insight newsletter a chance to win a pair of tickets to the London Motor Show on May the 18th. To enter, just visit autorepairfocus.com and sign up to the Insight by April the 20th. Full terms and conditions are available on the website. The AutoFirst network has signed up its 300th member with Sussex-based Uckfield Motor Services joining the programme. The Bellbrook Industrial Estate-based Repair, Servicing and MOT Centre recently underwent a period of expansion, giving it a total of eight ramps and two MOT bays, increasing its capacity. AutoFirst is a national garage scheme and was set up by Eurocar Parts last year. Automotive suppliers TVS, EAG and Mobiltron have both announced membership of the IAAF. EAG started out in 2003 as XL Components, offering its affordable brand of steering and suspension to the UK aftermarket. Mobiltron specialises in components for the automotive industry and has been supplying, designing and manufacturing OE and OES parts since 1982. IAAF Chief Executive Wendy Williamson said the group was thrilled to have two industry heavyweights on board, with both being a valuable addition to the membership. And finally, the Goodwood circuit has held a minute's noise to remember motorsport journalist Henry Hope Frost, who died in a tragic accident earlier this month. Henry is known to many as the voice of Goodwood, and interviewed drivers, engineers and even fellow commentators, amongst others, at the annual Autosport International event as well as sharing his fever for motorsport through his writing. 
In a statement, the circuit said that a minute's noise was a fitting tribute to a man whose love of racing cars and the people who guided them was infectious. And that's you up to date with all the latest news. For even more information and news, go to www.autorepairfocus.com. And that's the news. So, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about the used car market, um, which you might not be aware, but is actually a lot stronger in the UK, especially currently than the uh, than the new car market. Now, I'm a fan of used cars. I that's all I pretty much buy. You're you more sort of tend towards used cars as well, don't you, Lee? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Because yours is uh, what's yours? I'd say it's an eleven plate Audi, isn't it? Yeah, so I've got a 2011 plate Q5, um, and the Lotus is a 2006. See, I see, going back some, see, I've got a 2005 Fiesta ST, so that's, uh, I think we're probably part of the used car market, uh, well, say growth, but uh, we're, we're certainly part of the culture, aren't we? Yeah, and and, and to be fair, actually, we've, we've seen a increase in prices on the used cars as well, because... It's all about supply and demand, and where people are now um, focusing on used cars rather than kind of the brand new cars. Uh, I think that's pushing up prices a little bit as well. That's the thing, isn't it? Because I mean, the used car market. I mean, the latest figures, um, SMMT figures, uh, show that last year the used car sales dropped by one point one percent, but uh, it was still eight point one million vehicles changing hands. Now, to put that into context, the uh, the new car market last year dropped by dropped by five point seven percent, with just over two point I think it's two point five million vehicles sold. So, used car culture is is quite strong. Yeah, I think with the, the, there's different perceptions. So, if someone wants a new car, um, they're bought more likely to have kind of the PCP and the finances to go with it. The, the oh how and you you see it in today's market the way that they advertise cars now, like the new ones, is oh by the way have this car on the road from two nine nine. It's not by the way have this car on the road from seventy five grand or anything. So there, there, there's a different mentality uh, around how they position the marketing, which I I think. <laughs> Some people prefer to own their cars outright because it is still an asset, um, but many people uh, like to rent, uh, effectively rent their cars because they'll have to. They're effectively going to give it back, or um, when they do an upgrade, they'll have to give the car back and uh, join an, another finance program, sort of thing. So, mm. it, I think it's down to the individuals. Um, but I think where, especially as money is getting tighter and tighter on the the household, um, it's like uh, both my cars. Uh, both my cars, I don't pay anything um, because I've I've bought them uh, or the loans have been paid off now. Mm. Once that loan's paid off, I've now got an asset, even though one's depreciated and one's actually ascending, which is is good. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I now don't have £299 times two coming out of the, of the account sort of thing because exactly. it's uh, because they're, 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 they're used as well. So it's I, I think that's got a good uh, leverage on people going for used cars because they're not uh, constricted to um, 
continue to pay a uh, a fee at the end of the day. Exactly, and that's the thing. I think it, it, with certain cars, isn't it? It gets to a point where where it the, the, the depreciation plateaus, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it's considered a classic. I mean, probably there's not a lot of classics being produced at the moment. I mean, I, I don't know many people who'd want to, you know, keep a, a one point say a one point one Ford Focus EcoBoost and, and in fifty years time and call that a, a classic. But um, I don't know, people might. But I mean, certain cars, and of course, there's there's these these figures include that things like you know your Lotus my ST they are going to go up in value more than anything else as people sort of consider them more as a as, as a wanted car mm. I think the only thing that really has dropped considerably is is diesels um, now obviously we spoke about diesels in our previous podcasts um, I think I saw some of the figures of 17.1% um, yeah, of, of it dropping now that in theory would have uh, a combination of different factors in the oh now diesels are dirty or with what happened with VW as well um, that potentially puts people off um, but yeah and, and with all the new technologies that are coming out as well with like the, the electrics and the hybrids um, they want their slice of the market as well so and people are turning to alternatives if they are technically cheaper to run not not cheaper to to buy from the outset and also as well if it's less likely to go wrong because we know that there's lots of components uh, or smaller components within diesel engines mm. exactly that's the thing i mean it, while the diesel new the new car diesel market is tanking i mean uh, i think um again smmt figures last year you know the market share dropped just 42 percent which is bloody low considering it was over 50 you know just a couple of years ago um so far this year the first two months of the year diesel's only had a 35 percent share of the market so it last two months the sales have been down by a quarter in there it, it's it's tanking i think part of the reason why with this is if i, I don't think diesel is unpopular as such now i think the Volkswagen scandal did what it did, and the media have done what they've done, and, and we've discussed that. And if you want to uh, revisit that, by the way, you can visit autorepairfocus.com, click on podcasts at the top of the page, and you can watch, or sorry, listen to episode one, the D word, where we, we discuss the diesel market in great detail. Um, love getting these plugs in. But um, it, is, it is a market where in in terms of new vehicles which are actually cleaner than their older counterparts the the demonization of them as such is is going to push people towards the used market but it's also the things like the 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 vehicle excise duty the ved rates which are just uh, to be honest with you I, I, the government are taxing cleaner cars mm. Yeah, and then it's going to be interesting when that comes into force to kind of... I don't think anyone can kind of predict what people are going to do. Mm. Um, so it's going to be very interesting, and obviously we'll we'll cover it uh, as it's going on as well yeah. to give you guys the latest updates as well. Um, I think the other thing that's kind of... Obviously, we've talked about the the used car market in regards to different fuel, like fuel alternatives as well, like the... Euro, um, the electric, the, the hybrids, mm. the petrols, and that sort of thing. But also, as well, there is a trend of the new car market with um, smaller cars. Now, 
if you look back even what 10 15 years ago look at the size of a Ford Focus now look at the size of a Ford Focus now it, it's it's different it's bigger um I, I I've got a small garage um, that was built in the 1970s. Now, a a small car in the 70s obviously was 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 built properly anyway. But um, mm. nowadays, cars are much bigger. Now, I, I I think obviously I'm I'm part of the um, the strongest growth in regards to SUVs. Uh, of course, in the Q5. Um, but actually, you you see. Um, it, you do see a lot of SUVs now on the kind of the school runs, which is probably not the most uh, <laughs> most sightly thing to see, sort of thing. But all, all, it, it's it's I don't know having more storage, potentially not necessarily in some of them. Some of them have got less boot space than a Ford Focus, mm. um, and and people want a bit more, uh, I suppose, uh, crash zone uh, like. Impactful uh, zones and that sort of thing because they want to feel safer. I was going to um, say people I think want to they, 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 they rose yeah. by nine and a half percent, didn't they? Yeah, that's it. And I, uh, like I said, I think it is. It's it's a it's perceived as a bigger car. You're sitting higher up. Um, you you sort of feel a bit more sort of cocooned. It, it, it's the old adage, isn't it? Of you're you're driving a, a bus and someone's driving a car. What what do you feel safer in? Um, I had um, an MG, was it MG GS last year, and uh, you know, to com- compared to the f- to my Fiesta, I just felt I felt sort of stronger in that, you know. And you've got the perception as well that they're nippy and sports utility vehicle; they can pretty much do anything. Um, they, they really are ramping up. I mean, the the as I said, it's about nine point five percent growth in the used car market. And the new car market, I think that they're, they're they're flying even higher so it's uh, mm. and of course the thing you've got is that in any trend in the new car market will then filter through to the used car when, when they go up for sale which is roughly usually about three years after like you said we're talking about the PCP contracts and things end yeah that's, that, that's it and obviously there'll be a geographic difference as well that mm-hmm. um Obviously, a, a four by four SUV will actually be a bit more practical in the country rather than some of the people that I've seen around, sort of in the city. They mm. still drive around an SUV. Well, it's probably not the most practical in the world. Um, and then that's where you've then got the sort of the smaller cars. Like I, I absolutely loved the Fiat Five Hundred of Bath um, yes. when we drove it last year. Yeah. It, 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 it did exactly what it needed to do, uh, and in city conditions, um, yeah, an absolutely fantastic sort of thing. But yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be different in different regions, um, and and also as well, um, having that new car perception might be might be different in Surrey, might be different in Essex, might be different in York mm. um, as well. So that that's that's quite an interesting one. Exactly, but. I think one of the problems with the SUV market is majority of them are, are diesel, and I think that's probably why the SUV market in the used car segment is again is growing because we touched on it a second ago. That there's, there's new VED rates coming in in April. Um, the government are going to put the first year of registration VED upper band, which which could increase anything by anything from twenty to five hundred pounds. Last year, I keep I keep 
having to remind myself to say last year, I'm still in 2017 mode. Um, but last April, um, the VED changed for the first time um, with uh, new prices for pollution, um, which affected diesels. Like, again, there were, there were certain diesels which, um, I mean, I had a I had a Fiesta back in, God, 2007, I think it was, which was a 1.4 diesel, and I paid £20 a year tax, VED. Um, and that that is now you know, the the bracket on that has now has now increased quite quite high. I think it's about one hundred and forty now. Um, mm. But the thing is, used cars keep the VED rates based on the year they were they were sold. Um, so if you want a a diesel car, um, mm. you and you, but you don't want to pay you know you still want to pay twenty twenty pounds a year in the in the in the duty. You buy a used car. You buy a used car from a few, you know, three or four years ago. It's still got, you know, it must still have decent mileage on it, but you're not getting stung with the with with with, with the taxes which the government are putting on. So I think that's why that contributed to say last year's, you know, diesel car growth of three point three percent. Yeah, I think with people they look at it as a it's going to be two hundred pounds extra this year. And two hundred pounds extra next year. So if I keep the car for five years, that's an extra thousand pounds. And in theory, you'd like to think that used cars are cheaper, so therefore you're going to save a thousand pounds. However, if used car market prices are rising as well, um, or, or stabilising, it's it's going to offset the balance. I think. Exactly. I mean, I know why why they introduce this rate rise is because they want to drive people to excuse the pun, uh, to electric hybrid vehicles which are lower emission and, and therefore again the lower the emissions the the less um the less tax you're gonna pay. But what they're actually gonna do is is instead they're gonna drive people to older diesels which are more polluting. And it's you know, so so the, the used car market rising by three point three percent is fantastic for diesel market, but Actually, it's not great in environmental terms. No, and I, I suppose we we all need to take take a part in this sort of thing. I I I was quite glad when the the uptake of um, alternative uh, low emission technology, people were kind of embracing that change as well. Um, and even myself, I'm I'm now looking um, at alternative. Cars, because of obviously that you can you can kind of predict or forecast what's going to happen with the taxing on on diesels, regardless if they're new, old, or, or whatever. Mm. Um, you can kind of forecast what what the government's plan is, and if you, if you're not part of it, it's kind of you, you're being forced into it a little bit, which I don't I don't agree with. Um, but to obviously drive the mass market of diesel. Uh, engine cars off the roads it's, it is a cleaner way of doing it but yeah it's always that financial justification <laughs> I think that people will have an issue with and I've, to talk about financial justification I think as well it's it's important to highlight the fact that I, I, I've, I've banged on about this for years and years and years and years it feels like anyway anyone, anyone will tell you this um, 
it's the average age for a vehicle to enter the independent workshop sector is 3.5 years that's that's the tracking point when dealerships lose sight of that vehicle um, which of course is is usually about the time of a warranty ending even though you can get repairs done under warranty at any garage but we'll talk about that another day um, that's also sort of you know this time after the first MOT maybe for new car owners they they get their MOT done at the dealership and of course the, I mean the UK's car park the, the total number of cars in the UK I think we're looking at about 35 million at the moment the average age is between seven and eight years old so that's a lot of cars which are over 3.5 years old which are filtering into the independent sector and of course as these used cars get sold and sold around and you know the used car market grows more likelihood of of coming into the the independent market because you buy a used car maybe you're not too fussed about having it serviced at a dealer you want to you don't want to have the the expense of the dealership you want to have good parts fitted but maybe not oe you, you look at alternatives so you again it's about being able to afford what you can afford where you can go and what and what you can do isn't it and i mean I, i'm happy taking my car to an independent garage i think i would be if it was new but you know i don't mind them pulling apart yeah i think it's also as well supporting your your local businesses isn't mm. it and, and we've, we've spoke about it before in our other podcasts i think it's i think it's very important to support the, the local garages mm. um because not not being funny it, 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 if everyone went to the main dealership i know that the main dealerships have been trying to do other bits with their cars so it has to go back to the main dealership yep or um, promotions i mean full do um you know if your if your falls up to 7 years old bring it back for a winter check kind of thing yeah yeah and well and, and also the, the the good thing about it is the the used diesel cars, anything sort of like from three to, to eight years old, um, they they, they did a case, they did um, some research into it and actually found that they're three times more likely to break down than a petrol car. Mm. Now, uh, we, 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 we all know, and, and probably the listeners on, on this will know as well, that the diesel cars have more smaller components than a petrol car so when something goes wrong it's not just that one element potentially it's it's a number of things so hence the, it, it goes up i think the the average was just over 500 pounds as a repair bill mm. on a diesel compared to just over 400 pounds on a petrol now obviously yeah it's 100 quid in it but then you're talking about 20% difference mm. and to the end customer that's quite a considerable difference I think it is and you've got to try to balance that haven't you because diesel you know we all know the, the benefits of diesel cars you know the, the increased range the the, the lower um, CO2 output uh, a lot of people you know feel they're more comfortable than petrol um, especially with the more torque obviously the, the pulling capabilities so you kind of got to balance that out, haven't you? It's, it's, it's going to cost more maintenance, and what more use do you get out of it? And I think it's yeah. I mean, the, the, what we've got as well, obviously, with the the, the newer diesels um, are, are filtering through into the used car market again. More complex parts. Let's you know, 
again we we we've spoken about already the the, the diesel particulate filter the DPF and you know, we spoke about that at length and so I can I can only see that that average repair bill going up for a diesel to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah, but then at the same time you've got uh, as you were saying sort of thing you have to outweigh the benefits of the longevity of of that that vehicle. So mm. there is a, a chap at my work at the moment that's got a Ford Focus uh, Mark Two, no, the Mark Three, mm. um, and he's just creeping up to three hundred thousand miles. It's absolutely fantastic to see 300. a car, and you would not be able to tell the difference. You wouldn't be able to tell that it's done three hundred thousand miles. It is absolutely fantastic. Where does he go? <laughs> well, yeah, his, his job is in quite high demand, going up and down the country. So, oh wow. Um, yeah, and, and he has had it for a number of years as well. But he's never, like, not been funny, good Fords. Um, mm-hmm. hard, hardly anything goes wrong with Fords. Um, I, I can hear some listeners laughing at that, I'll, I'll be honest with you, although I agree. I love Fords, but, yeah. <laughs> I think the, the well, what was it, the most reliable cars um, was uh, was Skoda. Mm. Um, so part of the VW group, so hence, hence another reason why I bought the Audi. Um, Touchwood, I've not had... Any problems apart from the knock sensor go on my one, mm. um, but the I think the highest average diesel repair costs was more like uh, Mazda, Alfa Romeo, Land Rover, because um, they they specialise more in this sort of side mm. of things, um, and and also as well those vehicle manufacturers tend to be higher priced anyway. So mm. not being funny if a, a Ford part goes wrong, you're looking at a hundred quid's worth, but then if something goes wrong in a Land Rover, you're, you're talking probably five hundred pounds, mm. and and you can't compare the two because two of they're two different types of vehicles, really. Mm. Um, and it's, it's down to the end user's budget and and taste as well. Exactly, yeah, and it's the same with Land Rover. You, they're they're more likely to be hard used, aren't they? You know. I know that most people buy Land Rovers now, and they they float around Chelsea and taking Bethany and Ethan to school or or whatever. I'm I'm sorry, I'm stereotyping, but uh, it's it's out there now. But uh, a lot of Land Rovers, are, are mainly you know, are used for off road and farm use, so they're they're being punished at times and towing towing things obviously puts pressure on the the engine as well. So and of course, Land Rover, Jaguar Land Rover, is still kind of a small volume manufacturer. So parts are going to be more expensive. But they are built to last, though. That's mm. that's the thing. So when the components do go wrong, because not being funny, there is no car manufacturer that can say our car parts last the lifetime of the vehicle. Mm. Um, they're they're more than more likely to be on the costly side because it's it's more expensive to either manufacture because they're not doing it in mass quantity either. Mm. So need to look at it from the, the car industry side of things but I think it's good news for um, our, our, our mechanics because it keeps them in business mm. uh, as well so exactly exactly and um, it, it just highlights that the, the UK's buying public um, now especially I mean last year was the first drop since I think 2011 in, in new car sales um, yes, there's a bit of a drop in the used car market, but 1.1% on 8 million vehicles is not really it's a drop in the ocean, really. But um, 
it just it just highlights now that the that that there is a demand for cars. It's just the fact that that demand is shifting now towards used rather than new, which is going to benefit the industry, the aftermarket industry as a whole, as for, for parts, for servicing and labour and and so on. And I think that's probably a good place to stop. Um, Lee, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Well, as always, always a pleasure. Um, and as always, you can view, listen. I keep thinking this is a TV series. I mean, I've got an idea about filming one of these one day, these recordings, and just, just putting it out on the website. That's why I'm saying view. Um, you can listen to our podcasts, uh, previous podcasts, um, just by going to autorepairfocus.com, uh, clicking on podcast. And while you're there, why not have a look around the latest news and features that we've got on as well. But uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon. Mm-hmm.